<laughs> so I mean, this is like, this is legit. All right, so I guess I'll just start. We're gonna rock and roll. <clears throat> What's up, everybody? This is the Pre-Professional Podcast. I'm your co-host Zach Kraft. I'm Colton Watching, and today we have a special guest, uh, Brady Willard. Hi there, I'm Brady. Uh, Brady is a former student at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, and he is also he did his undergraduate at Grace College. Um, he's currently on the search for some jobs in the strength and conditioning field. He has a CSCS officially. He'll talk more about that later, but we're just happy to have him on the podcast. So Brady, um, give you a little bit of a brief introduction and um, just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you came from with Grace, uh, what you did here, how you transitioned into like that master's program at Liberty and what kind of your future plans are within the realm of strength and conditioning. Yeah, so uh, I'll start way back in high school. That'll give you a good idea of who I am. So I was the kid that in weightlifting class, um, my my teammates, my my friends all had better verticals than me, all had better 40s than me, could run faster, could jump higher. But I was stronger, and I couldn't figure out why I wasn't better than them in sports. And that kind of drew like a little obsession with the sports performance field. It kind of trickled into high, or trickled late into high school, trickled into my first year at Grace as a sport management major. And throughout my three years at Grace as a sport management major, I just I found myself like deep in these Reddit forums, like reading about strength and conditioning on this, like on these these forums, just trying to learn more. And I'm like, I'm sitting in my business class right now. Like, what am I doing with my life? And like by the time I realized that like business, like that that sport management field wasn't for me, it was too late. Like I was about to graduate. So when I graduated from Grace after three, I decided I needed to do something. I needed to further my education to get some formal background if I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach, which seemed like a long shot at the time. So I decided to make the move to Virginia, um, had some good contacts out there. Um, Really didn't know what I was doing. Just got in the master's program. Just started trying to find connections with classmates, with professors. I tried to, it was weird. It's, it was COVID time at the time. So like nobody wanted to talk to you. I don't, they didn't want to like associate with somebody, an outsider of their bubble. So it was like really tough, like trying to get connected with people. But I ended up getting connected with an assistant strength coach at Liberty uh, with their football team. And from there on out, he just kind of brought me in. And from there on out, I found my way and over the last year I've been interning with Liberty Football um, out in Virginia. This summer I interned with IU, Indiana University's football team and then the last four months I spent time back at Liberty interning with their football team again and it was a great experience. All places were a great experience and from here on out um, really just follow um, opportunities. Really that's all you got to do when the opportunities arise I, I'm wanting to take them so that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I just love, like, it's kind of like a true testament to um, <clears throat> following your education. Uh, I mean, that's kind of like what the whole, like, pre-professional thing is about, like, kind of getting an understanding of, like, what you want to go into. And then having people like you on this podcast kind of telling us, like, um, kind of the ins and outs, like, what to do and what not to do. So we're going to definitely talk a lot about that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your opportunities that you've got. Like, so when you were in... Um, the football internships with Liberty. I mean, we can kind of go like um, chronologically between like Liberty to IU back to Liberty. Um, like, just talk a little bit about like your experiences there and like what you felt like. I mean, you could say like a overall kind of thing that you got out of it, or specifically each one at each different time. 
Yeah. Um, so it was interesting back in January, like when I got to Liberty in January and I started doing stuff with their football team, it was like literally my first experience ever as a coach of any form. Like, sure, I coached some T-ball like a couple of summers ago, but literally that's it. Like, and I was working with D1 athletes. So like, it was a crazy jump. But like at the time as an intern, um, you never know from a strength coach, a head strength coach and a scissor strength coach, you don't know where your intern's been, what they've done. You don't know their experience. So I came in basically a fly on the wall, cleaning up after workouts, setting up before workouts, putting weights on bump or putting weights on plate. So let me say that again, putting weights on bars for athletes so they didn't have to, like just doing a bunch of dirty work. I did that for like three months just to kind of show like, hey, I care. I'm not here to say, look, I'm working with these D1 athletes. I'm I'm working with these these cool athletes. Like, I just wanted to show I'm obsessed with this. I love this, and this is what I want to do. And through that, coaches would say, "All right, let's let's do the warm up. How about you lead the warm up today for for these athletes? Um, how about how about you take them through their conditioning? How about you take them through an upper body session? Just like small chances to kind of prove yourself here and there came along and. I seized them. I wanted to do them. I wasn't scared or I didn't shy away from it. It was it was scary, but I didn't say, no, I don't want to do that because as an intern, if you say that, like they're probably not going to ask you again. Like they, they give you one shot you didn't want to. You didn't want to run warm up. They're not going to ask again. They're not going to waste your time. So I took literally every opportunity somebody would say, hey, do this warm up. I took it. I'm, I'm running the warm up today. And that that kind of gave me momentum and confidence in myself as a coach leading up till that was like March, April, and then early part of May when I was seizing those opportunities. And that kind of rolled into the summer as I went to IU. And IU, I got a lot more responsibility. The coaches there were awesome. They really trusted me. They, they kind of just let me do my thing and they kind of watched over me a little bit, but they, they had a lot of trust in me. And that gave me even more confidence and heading back to Liberty in the fall it just kind of rolled into it, and the the assistant coaches out there, since I was already familiar with the athletes, I was familiar with them. They they really treated me like um, one of theirs, and they just they let me kind of roll with um, roll with them, and they didn't treat me any different. So it was it was an awesome experience. I I learned a lot, I grew a lot, and um, the biggest thing is I I grew as a coach. I, I kind of I could recognize things that I couldn't recognize a year ago. I could talk with players um, in ways that I couldn't do a year ago. I could see when they were sick, when they didn't feel good, when they weren't up for the workout, and I could kind of feel that instead of just running them through something because because that's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's I, – I love hearing specific uh, kind of just like takeaways from – I mean, higher positions, obviously, like you kind of felt sometimes like a peon in those positions, but like you're, you were at a position that like I would want to get to, or like Colton would, would want to get to. And it's just cool. Like it kind of puts everything into perspective. Like you're never done learning and you're never, never done getting better. Like you were at like where we kind of want to get and you're like, I just kind of want to get higher. Mm-hmm. And there's always like this ladder that you can climb and you can become like one of these great strength coaches or you can settle. And that's the thing I liked what you said, like. They give you the opportunity, and you have to take it. And if you don't take it, they'll just kind of throw you by the wayside, and then you're done. I mean, you lost your opportunities. The whole Tom Brady situation, he always talks about, like, I got my one opportunity, and I took it, and I executed. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what separates, like, the good from the bad. I mean, in terms of, like, it's anything, students, athletes, coaches. I mean, you get your opportunity to do something, and you seize it because you prepared for it. 
that's what I was going to talk about. Is like you were studying all the material you needed to. You had everything in line. So then when your opportunity did come, you weren't just coming up with some bull crap. Here's a five by five workout. Like you had in your brain what you wanted to do and you were effective in how you did it. And then that's why they gave you more opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when, when a coach, um, in my experience, wants you to do something, wants you to, to kind of watch some players, wants them, wants you to coach them up. You really got to know your stuff because I mean, they're, the players are 19, 20, 21 year olds. Like they're not stupid. Like I can't just like say things that don't make any sense and it's going to go right over their head. Like, no, they'll, I got to be on my, my game. Like, I got to know what I'm talking about or else they're just going to ignore everything Brady says. And that was like huge for me. I, I had to make sure like they knew I was, I knew what I was talking about. Um, I cared because if I didn't showcase that to them, um, they, they wouldn't have any respect for me or listen to me. And like that January, I didn't have that, but it came with time. Like, I just kept trying to build that, trying to learn more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so cool. I, I, I love that. Um, I just think that's so cool. But um, I kind of want to go a little bit into, like, your master's classes. Like, since this is so, like, an educational-focused fo- podcast, or at least we try to make it, like, let's talk a little bit about, like, your master's classes and, like, the coursework that you had to take. Um, and how was that, like, going into that, having a basic understanding of, like, working out and, like, your body? Obviously, you were a track athlete here at Grace for four years, so you had an understanding of, like, how the body worked, how to contract muscles, and how to fire them when you needed to fire them. But you, pr- I don't know, I, I mean, I'm just assuming that you didn't have, like, an in-depth knowledge of the body, like, from, like, an educational standpoint at a college un- or a university. So kind of run us through how that was going into that into a like master's program without having any like undergraduate background in it yeah uh, <laughs> that was that was a learning experience for me so like up until a year a little over a year ago like education like formal education and strength and conditioning exercise science absolutely zero everything was like youtube videos um reading articles reading books and i'm not talking like reading like the nsca book i'm talking about like reading reading like books that strength coaches are making um talking about their experiences so everything was that i was reading for the most part um was kind of subjective to a certain point like the articles the videos the the podcasts like everything and i i like ate it all up but like a lot of it's like subjective like it's not by the book quote unquote so when I got to Liberty, my first class was exercise physiology. And to be quite frank, um, to show you where I was, I didn't understand that there was three energy systems. Like I didn't know there's like three ways to go about like the, the creatine phosphate and the glycolytic and then into oxidative. Like I didn't understand that was a thing. And when I learned that, I'm like, oh shoot, this is more than just concentric, eccentric, isometric. Like this is this is gonna be a different beast. Yeah. Like uh, more than just like kind of clanging, banging, and yeah. get stronger. And, it's and, like, oh wow, shoot. Yeah, is... and that was what I was like into. Um, that's all. That's like my education going up to that point. That's all I knew about strength and conditioning. I didn't understand the the hormonal aspect, the biomechanic aspect to it. Like I didn't, I didn't understand that. So jumping into grad school without any sort of undergrad education was it involved a lot of studying, like. I was reading the textbook like every day, like just trying to understand it, watching videos that would try to teach it to me. Like it was, it was tough. But, um, after I got through that first semester, it, it like that, that first semester was a lot of foundational stuff. Like for somebody that took a, for, like undergrad, it'd just be like a lot of refresher stuff. 
So probably not as much learning new things, probably just relearning old things. But for me, it was all new things. Mm -hmm. So after I got that kind of base underneath me, um, it it, it really helped leading into semester two and then this past semester um, at Liberty. So it was it was crazy to work with, though, that's for sure. (laughs) It was tough. Yeah, any time. I know you said you talked like you read a lot of articles on your own and found subjective information. Were there times um, like in classes where what you read that was subjective, like counteracted what you were learning in class and you kind of had to put aside all that subjective information to be able to like pass your class or kind of understand more of that? Yeah. uh, Yeah. A lot of that. I noticed a lot of that stuff happening um, when it would talk about like developing strength, power. Um, there's like all these all these categories. There's like a list of a million things that like you can develop by lifting in certain rep ranges with certain percentages, with certain sets. And it's like that stuff's good and all. And if you want to pass tests, you got to know that stuff like by the book. But like that's not exactly how like um, – training athletes works it's not like all right um i can tell that he's lacking strength endurance so instead of doing our regular four by four on back squat let's do four by 15 let's let's build that strength endurance in your in your lower in your lower limbs like that's not how it works and like the by the book materials like that's kind of how it works so it's tough to like discern that and figure out like what you wanted to take moving forward and what like you're just kind of like going to use for the exam or for the test later on you talked a little bit about um so when you were going into it you kind of didn't have like this base foundation you said you were reading the textbook and you said you're doing like supplemental stuff uh what kind of supplemental stuff did you use to kind of get a little bit of a better understanding of the material that you were kind of taking in in class um for one classmate's professor like i was in my professor's office quite a bit like trying to like grasp this knowledge um i can't like really remember like to a t but like you go on youtube and you'll find um like pretty guys that know their stuff talking about like this certain topics that i wanted to learn about like learning about like um wanting to learn about like the endocrine system like i didn't had no clue that was but like i had to watch some videos like understand that um more than just some videos like i had to watch a lot of videos um just I, I sought out people online um, to try to learn from that were like scientific background, like to a T. Like they never like deviated from the book. Like there's there's people out there like that. So like I, I sought those kind of um, kind of people so I could learn um, more about the book stuff. If mm-hmm. that makes any sense, I don't I don't know. Yeah, just like with everything we've talked about on the podcast before, but I mean, we can talk about developing power and you'll have someone state claim A and then another person will be like, no, like claim A is completely false. Listen to claim B. So it's like, how do you yourself, like when you're programming, discern between um, like when it comes to power, you have everyone, everyone on one side is basically saying you have to do this. Everyone on the other side saying you have to do that. How, like, how do you determine what you want to do? Is it uh, like based off of you program it and then you get results from program a and then you program program b and you get different results for program b and you kind of choose what results are best or like how do you kind of go about that so uh like with developing um developing capacities for players like like being powerful or being um, strong or being fast like you got to understand sounds dumb but you got to understand like physics like it is physics like strength and conditioning is physics to a certain point 
um, and power is basically being strong, but moving that weight or moving whatever it is fast. So it's like velocity times force. Like that's basically power. So understanding that gives you a better understanding when training athletes. Like simply what we want to do is we want to move weight fast. And um, regardless of like what people want to say or claim, like that's what it is, being fast, like moving load fast. Um, and that's how you develop it. And uh, there's ways to go about it. There's a bajillion different ways to go about it. But like people that I've listened to, um, people I've I've interned under, coaches, um, they have their certain way. They like to develop power in athletes. And I resonate with it. And um, things like contrast series, uh, like a French contrast, um, I, I, I'm all for it. And not to get off topic, but... Uh, when you when you when you're blessed with resources like I was at Liberty and IU, um, you can do velocity based training, and that makes training for power way more easy um, because you can kind of tell an athlete, I want you moving in this sort of range. Like I don't want you grinding this weight for 0.3 meters a second. I want you moving a little fast, like towards the 0.8 meters a second, which is like the power range is like 0.6 meters per second through like one meters a second. So I want you moving in that range but moving as much load as you can in that range. And the thought is they're moving pretty decent amount of load, but they're also staying in a, in a good range um, that I want or the coach wants to develop power. So um, a tool like that isn't practical for everywhere, but like when you have the resources, it really gives you um, a good understanding of like, um, are we progressing in a proper way to develop power? Are athletes actually expressing power as the as the the training phase goes on or whatever it may be mm-hmm. yeah it's it's kind of cool like i've all and, and not to look down on where i'm at at all but i just wish that grace had more resources to kind of give us that extra push and that kind of like i don't know kind of an insight into like what the like gadgets are within the realm of exercise science i mean we have enough stuff here to get the job done but like I mean, these velocity readers that you're talking about at Liberty. I know I've heard uh, my chiropractor back home, we talked a lot about that. He had those at Ball State, and when I was going to go there, I was like excited to like see all these things. And I, I've never gotten to see it. So like, it's cool that you got that opportunity to kind of go behind the scenes of more than just like just straight like iron, sweat, blood, whatever yeah. it is in the weight room. You got to see kind of like the, the technical side of it. Yeah, yeah. It's like tools are just tools at the end of the day, but – they give you an idea as a coach. Um, is that player trying as hard as they can to um, express as much, um, put as much intent into the lift as possible? Because, I mean, I don't know. They could have, like for squat, for example, they could have 225 on the bar. But, I mean, maybe they're moving extremely slow, and you know they're capable of more, and they're not hitting the rep range or the speed range, the velocity range we want. And it's it's as a coach, it's nice because you can be like, hey, so-and-so, like, you're way out of the range. Is something like, are you all right? First and foremost, is something hurting? Are you sick? Like what's going on? Like, no, I'm cool. Then, you know, all right, well, you're, you're moving the weight slow. Let's, let's, let's pick it up, bro. Like you're not in, you're not where I want you to be right now. And, and they kind of understand like, all right, I need to put more intent to this lift. Now I can't just move it from point A to point B. I need to actually move it from point A to point B with like some actual intent behind it. Yeah. When you bring like an aspect of like measurability into it and like having like a place uh, kind of a benchmark that you need to hit it makes it so much easier mm-hmm. to kind of 
accomplish a goal. Like, I mean, that's, I see that like with training, like it's so much in my mind, like mentally, it's so much easier to train for strength over aesthetics. Cause I mean, with everything like mentally, like body dysmorphia is such a huge, mm. huge 100%, thing. 100%. I mean, anyone that lifts weights knows that body dysmorphia is the worst. Even if you don't, I mean, it's so huge. So like when you train solely for physique, you're always going to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, oh my gosh, I'm not getting anywhere. If anything, I'm getting smaller. When really, like in the last year, you could put on 15 pounds of mass, especially if you're a new a new lifter. Yeah, that yeah, that actually really resonates. Like, and like everybody, you guys included, like everybody has a journey. Like in the strength and conditioning, whatever it may be, it might not be a strength and conditioning, but in that you developing as a whatever whatever it may be, like your lift, like your time lifting. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but basically, uh, it's interesting to kind of see how uh, everybody that I know for the most part wants to lift weights because they want to build muscle. They want to get stronger that they, they, they want to look better at the beach. That's, that's what it comes down to. They want to look better at the beach. And, um, I like, that's a thing. Like people like get caught up in like, Oh, I don't see my legs getting, Oh, I don't see my chest or my arms getting bigger. But it's like, if you were tracking your weights, you wouldn't care because you've seen, you've seen improvements. You've been able to move a weight that you could do for, total of like four by four now you're doing it for i don't know eight by four like you're you're improving like and it's one of those things like i feel like people yeah. don't understand like i mean if you talk to somebody that's like just bodybuilding i mean there's definitely a lot of people like that at grace everyone's like oh volume 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 and they never train anything for strength but if you think about it i mean hypertrophy range is what like anywhere from eight to 20 reps within like 67 to what is it? 80%. Yeah. It's like weird numbers of your one rep max. And the thing is, if you think about it, like as your one rep max goes up, that like hypertrophy range can also go up. <laughs> so if you actually train for strength, then you're going to get a lot bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, strength follows size. I feel like that's just something that people don't see. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the same with, I mean, so like in medicine or in business, you always have books, like you always keep the books, like every, all the numbers that happen, you always like keep track of what happens, but people don't think about doing that in strength and conditioning or like when they weight lift, just because they go in, they do their exercise, they, that's it. That's all they really want to do. But like a doctor, he always writes notes at the end of the shift. He always does everything to make sure what he's done is on paper. So then when that patient comes again, he can see and talk to them and see like, oh, hey, here's how you improved. Your flexion went from this number to this number. But like people don't think about doing that in the gym i don't know why but i i personally don't think about doing it all the time i just want to get in get out yeah, yeah. get a good lift in yeah, but it's on. yeah it's something where it's like you just have like take two minutes out of your day put it in your phone no. put it on a notebook you're spot on if i had to if i had to give advice to anybody that listens to this that just is a common gym goer just does it for health or whatever um like track your stuff like see where you're at like all right today i did three by eight for 65 pounds like like even though it sounds stupid track it because in four weeks you'll be like oh shoot i did three by eight for 75 pounds and it becomes a game it like it becomes a game and then you get obsessed with it and you're creating healthy habits of being in the gym like it, that's that it turns into a lifestyle of wanting to be healthy and be active like that's how it was like for me like kind of turned into a game like can i be what i did two weeks ago can i be what i did a month ago can i beat who i was mm-hmm. two months ago like it just turns into a game I feel like it also comes in like an, uh, you got to question like intent. I mean, I was uh, I was listening to a podcast and like we always say, it comes up at least once. But I'm not going to say his name. I'm just going to say his podcast. Definitely so not on, Jordan Shallow. RX, I'm actually going to mention Killian. 
uh, on RX Radio, like they were talking about um, just kind of intent. And obviously Jordan was talking about it too, but they were lifting. Well, what he, Jordan was lifting with a guy and he was talking about they were going through like a f- set of like four by 12 on tricep extensions. And Jordan already got through like eight and the dude goes, all right, set starts now. And so like you see like so many people, like you have this number in front of you, right? And so your goal is to hit that number and nothing more. But like the goal is to like grind that number as heavy as you can with the best form as you can. And so many people like go to failure. Like when you start like muscling weights to the point where like it looks like you're not even doing the correct exercise, you start, I mean, you start losing the, what, what the exercise actually is. And so like, I feel like a lot of people lose kind of like the intent behind the exercise when they're doing it. Like it just becomes like an ego thing. Like I have to finish this exercise because four by 12 was prescribed for me. So I'm going to do it as sloppy as I can, as long as I'm hitting the weight I'm supposed to. And that way, like that, all that happens because you don't exactly know where you're at in like a benchmark way. So that's that way, like writing it down is so, so beneficial. Like say incline press, we're doing 65 pound dumbbells for four by 12 and you hit that weight. And then the next week you forget what you're doing. So you're like, uh, like maybe it was like 75 and so you go to 75s and you start doing like the ugliest form there is when really like you probably should have just jumped to 70, completed that cleanly. Next mm-hmm. week, come back 75, 80, 85. Next thing you know, 10 weeks down the road, if you're still doing the same thing, if you're progressing, I mean, you're up at a hundred pound dumbbells. I mean, if you're doing everything right and obviously like not everybody is going to progress like that, not I mean, progression, progression isn't always linear in like a straight line it goes up and down and whatnot but for the most part i mean like that tracking becomes like a topic of like intent and like how serious you're taking your your training and do you this is like a question like for you like with um kind of like looking at your football athlete that athletes that you had did you see like a lack of like proper intent like we're only here because we're forced to come to 6 a.m. weights or whatever because our coach says it, not because I see transferability and, like, benefit to the weight room sessions within my sport. Oh, yeah, like, and it's it's tough because there's so many athletes that you're running through a day, so it's hard to be intentional with every single athlete that comes in the weight room. And um, the way it goes, like, there's certain guys that you just know, like, they, they're just they're mentally checked out of whatever it may be, and then there's dudes that are locked in. And as a coach, it's like you can only do so much for the dude that's like mentally checked out. Like no matter what you say, no matter how much you encourage him or maybe maybe get on him, it's going to be the same old thing. So it's like when you see that, you just got to be like, all right, well, I'm, I'm, I've invested in him. I tried, but like it's not he's not accepting it right now. So you got to like invest your energy in the dudes that are looking to improve, looking to get better, that are hungry for more. So like it happens. And just because it's like Division One football doesn't mean that everybody's a workhorse. Some people aren't, and it's life. But um, it's their choice. And like, mm-hmm. as a coach, like you try as much as you can. But there comes a point where it's like, all right, well, you obviously don't want to get better. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna go rack down where this dude's like wanting to get better. Yeah, I mean, like that kind of pisses me off just to think about that. Like, you're getting paid to come in here and do this, and you're not gonna give it your full effort. Like, that's just kind of like a big f you to whoever's given you your scholarship and whoever gave you that opportunity to come and play D1 football or play at a like a high level of the sport that you supposedly said was your life, you know? Yeah. 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 I just, I, I, if I was a strength coach, like at that position, even like in an assistant position, that just pissed me off so much. Oh, it's frustrating. It's like, 
I mean, I'm 20, I'm 23. So like these dudes are like 21, 22, like they're around my age. And I'm like, man, I would love to be a football player, have the ability to do what you're doing right now. Like that is, that's like, that would be so cool. Like take, take advantage of that because like I didn't have the ability or the opportunity to do something like that. Like you're there, like let's get after it, but it doesn't work like that all the time. So yeah. Is there a, are there ever issues with when you're working with your players that are a year younger than you, two years younger than you? Um, I was, I'll be honest, I was super, super, super concerned back in January starting at Liberty. Like, how is that going to work? Because, like, I was 22 back in January, and the COVID stuff was, happen- was happening, and, like, everybody's coming back for another year. So, like, Liberty had dudes that were, like, 23, 24 on the team. And I'm like, man, these dudes are graduated, like, they're, they're in high school they would have been seniors when I was a sophomore or something like that so I'm like I was in my head for a little bit but it really just came down to and same with IU it's like build relationships with the dudes show that like you're not just there and you're just there to check off a box like you're there to kind of have a chat with them see how they're doing see where they're from like let them know that like you're ready for the work today and like do that whenever you see them like consistently and over time it's like all right I don't care that he's 22 or I don't care he's 23. Like the dude, the dude cares about me and he wants me to go. Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. Like that's honestly, that's most of the, how the players were. Like I, w- I worked with some amazing, awesome athletes, like gifted, but also great guys. Like first and foremost, great guys. So like I was fortunate to be in the situation where I was not treated like, Hey, you're 22. I'm not giving a crap what you say. Um, I've heard experiences of um, some other interns at different places like that, but I didn't have that experience. And I think um, first and foremost is the people I was around. I was around great guys that understood like, hey, um, like just because I'm an intern doesn't mean that I'm I'm worthless. But also I like intentionally like would go out of my way to like, hey, like I, w- I want I want to I care about you. Like I want you to know I care about you, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, I'm going to show you that I care and like in return, like I, I hope like you respect me like as a, as an intern, that kind of thing. That kind of a, I'm going to give you respect, but I, res- I need to have to I, Yeah. Yeah. That. I want it. I want it in return. Like don't treat me like a, a doormat because yeah. I'm, I'm here to grow as a professional, um, as an, in strength and conditioning field, but I don't need you. I, I don't need to be treated like garbage by you guys. Like, and I never like had a conversation like that. It was just like in my head, I'm thinking like, man, I, I just hope this stuff doesn't happen. It never did, and I'm blessed that it never did. So, and I feel like a lot of that like disrespect for like other people kind of stems from like a lot of people when they become an intern, they take that internship as like something they just got to do. They don't look at it like when you're an intern and you're an exercise science major going strength and conditioning masters, like that is your classroom. I mean, you take that internship as seriously as you take like your class study work, then you're gonna act like it's a bigger deal and you're going to show those players that respect and then you're going to gain the respect because they're going to be like, Oh my gosh, like this guy actually cares about what he's doing and he's here to see me succeed. It, Cause if, I mean, if he wasn't, then he wouldn't really want to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. And there's a, there's a, like a two head component to that. Like you have to have the care and you have to have the knowledge. Like if you would have gone in and you had no idea what you were talking about, if you didn't know how to program anything, you know how to communicate with the guys, they weren't going to respect you. It's something where you kind of have to actively work at, like getting that connection, having that relationship with them, but then also proving that, yeah, I know what I'm talking about type yeah. of thing. And that, I feel like that's, I mean, that's how it goes, whatever you do in life. I mean, 
can't tell me you haven't had a teacher that like you're thinking in the back of your head, like, do they really know what they're talking about? Like, I've had those teachers, and I'm sure you guys have too. And it's like it's hard to have respect for that because mm-hmm, sure. like you're like, I feel like I'm not learning a thing from you. In fact, I feel like I might know this better than you. So, um, not to be like arrogant or whatever, but like there's been times in high school where we've all had we've, I've thought about it. I'm like, yeah, man, I mean, we you were, just don't seem like you know yeah, what you're talking we just, about. We kind of talked about something like that on the last podcast. It was just one of those things. It's like we're learning this material that's been in a textbook for 15 years because it's been proven so long ago. And, I mean, uh, you've said it and we always say it. I mean, we've already covered the fact that, like, you're supposed to, I mean, to become a better professional, just go outside of your scope of learning and try to f- figure out, like, these different, like, fields of thought and yeah. kind of culminate all of it in your head and then pick and choose what you think is the best and create this like super ball i guess i don't know what i'm saying ball if you could see my hands you would understand yeah, what i'm saying yeah, super yeah. ball a sphere it looks a like. sphere of like knowledge that you can take on into your practice or into your coaching and whatnot and i just feel like if we could find a way to like I don't know, bring newer things and like offer field, different fields of thought into um, just like typical like dry university learning, then I feel like we would produce a lot more professionals opposed to just producing a lot of people with degrees. Yeah. Um, sorry to interrupt. You go no, ahead. It's all you. I was going to say uh, um, like strength conditioning is weird. Um, to piggyback off what you said, it's weird because like – you want to be objective, but a lot of things are subjective. And what I mean by that is like, you don't want to just ignore all the research out there, ignore what the book says. You don't want to do that. You you pay attention to it and you know it. Like, you know it in the back of your head. You understand what it says. You understand what research says about this or that. But at the same time, it's like, man, um, it really makes sense that I should be doing this with my athlete. There might not be research out there. It might not be in the book, but it really makes sense. Like, and that happens with exercise choices. That happens with um, with programming. Um, I didn't have to do much program, but like it, like you see it with like the coaches I worked under. Like they would they would tell me about like, look, like I would ask like, why are we doing this? Um, because I think it does this. And that's not like a knock on like they're just they don't care. Like they're just doing whatever willy nilly. But it's like no, like the research isn't there yet. Um, it takes a while to catch up. But like it like when it comes down to it, it does make sense to do it. So we're going to do it and we're, and it seems like the athletes enjoy it and it seems like it might be working. So we're just going to ride with it. It might not be by the book, but, um, subjectively it it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where it kind of comes in of like, if you want to like be at the forefront of not only the strength and conditioning field, but any field in the exercise science, um, realm, you kind of have to step out of the box and kind of be like that front leader, like a thought leader of, mm-hmm. yeah, like research doesn't back this up, but like, let's think of this critically and understand, yeah, like we want to do this to get this like stimulus or this response. And you always see the guys that are like, I don't say the most popular, but the ones who know what they're talking about, they don't follow exactly what some book says. Yeah. Yeah. They don't stick right to the research. They're the ones that are outside of the box doing their own research, trying to figure out, Oh, it does this work? Does this work? And they're the ones that are like, and making the field um, become better because they're not just stuck in some box and doing the same repetitive things over and over and over they're, again. They're not zealots, though, yeah. like, whatever it may be. Like, those are the dudes, um, like, as a like a young dude in this field, like, I try to stay away from learning. Like, the dudes that this, like, produces this result and it's, like, the best result out there. I like the dudes that are, like, 
um, I've been doing this because I think it'll impact this, but honestly, I'm not quite sure. Like those are the dudes like I've been like, I like will like read articles they post. I will listen to what they have to say because it's like, you know what? They don't know all the answers and they don't act like it. So like they put out there what they think might work or what, uh, what they think might um, be a solution to a problem. But you know what? It might not be. And the dudes out there that are like, look, what I am having my athlete do is the end all be all. And if the athlete doesn't do this, he's probably going to tear his ACL. Like that kind of like mentality, like the way um, information is like portrayed. Like I try to stay away from that just because that's that's not how like sports and strength conditioning really works. Do you see like um, you, we we're talking about like all these different like fields of thought and these oper- these different like ways to do things? Like, do you see so much like in uh, I don't know in a strength and conditioning atmosphere of like coaching? Do you see people trying to like diversify things way too much before the basics are there? Uh, explain to me exactly what you mean. So it actually kind of stems from I was going to bring this up later, but I'm going to bring it up now. So you posted something on your Instagram story from Jake Tora. It said. It was on part of his podcast. I think it was a quote. It said, in order to think outside of the box, you must first be inside the box. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And I thought that was so, I was like, oh, shoot, I didn't even think about that. And so you got to think about it because you were talking about how um, there's like, oh, I'm doing this right now. Uh, I don't know. Exa- like, it seems to be working for me. I don't know exactly, like, if it's going to work long term, but it's working now. So we're just going to ride it out until it doesn't work. And then there's people that say, like, this is this is the way to go and this is the way to do it. And do you think people like start to try to take those and do all those like different kind of like things before you even get the basics down? Like if you're thinking like, so like for me, like since I do powerlifting, say I'm having a problem with bench press or say I have somebody that I'm going to train, they're having a problem with bench press. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, you can't get it off your chest. Uh, I'm going to have you do one and a half reps. Or it's like, oh, you can't lock out. I'm going to have you do spoto press. But like in reality, they haven't even gotten the opportunity to bench often. Like, mm-hmm. they haven't even kind of gone through. Like, they haven't dumbbell benched. And it's kind of the whole, like, you can't squat if you can't stand on one leg. So, like, you got to start from, like, this base progression and build it up. Do you see that a lot, like, with a lot of these football players coming in from high school? I know most football, high school football programs probably have a weight program. And these guys have probably done it. But do you see, like, these guys that, like, probably like took it for granted in high school don't know what they're doing they come in the training is diverse the training is intense and they don't know what they're doing and that's like where injuries occur and that's where like strength gains are lost and like people aren't progressing because things get too crazy yeah uh, that definitely happens um you'll see dudes come in from college um they're freshmen it's their first time working out with the team and like obviously they're behind the curve it's it's all different because like think about it like a kid go, could go to a high school of like 3,000 kids and could have a full-time strength coach at that school, but a kid could also come from a small rural community where the high school weightlifting coach is the basketball coach. He's also a guidance counselor. He's also the AD, like, and he just bought this program online. Like, people come from all over, and you don't know where they are. So it's like you take a really, like, base approach. You've, you're very simple with them. I mean, I didn't, I didn't like, run any of this stuff, uh, like, for instance, with that Liberty or IU, but like just very foundational approach of like, all right, we're all going to squat. I don't care if you're like ready to move on. We're just going to treat you. Um, we're going to put you at a baseline. Everybody's at a baseline. So we're going to squat. We're going to do some hinge. We're going to do a push. We're going to do a pull. And, um, and we're just going to slowly build that capacity. And then like after a few weeks, like you kind of, the way it is in strength, like 
like football, you have to kind of throw them in the fire at some point. You can't just coddle them for like the rest of the summer. You, at some point, it's like, all right, we got to go. Like, we can't, we can't like have one coach following you around all day long, making sure that like you're okay on the back squad or you're doing um, rows right. Like, some at one point, we just got to throw you in the fire and we got to roll. So I mean, that brings it back to intent. Like, if they're actually like actively trying to just get better at what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, after like three or like three weeks of like doing the same foundational things like squat hinge, like simple squat, just RDL, like a press and some sort of pull. Like after a while, it's like, all right, like I, after three weeks, plenty of adaptations will happen where they're ready to roll like with the team. So um, because a lot of times they come in and it's like, when was the last time you touched away? Oh, I went to Planet Fitness a couple of weeks ago with my homie. It's like, all right, well, we're going to have a pretty good few weeks with you then <laughs> yeah, it's like oh you're gonna you're gonna have a real tough first day bud <laughs> yeah i got bicep curls down but that's about it yeah no and that's the thing it's like yeah i know how to do bicep curls and i know how to do uh the tricep extensions whatever but it's like man we're not we're not really going after that right now bud so and then you watch them and they're like you're like do you actually know how to do a bicep curl or a tricep extension yeah. or do you like see somebody do it and you yeah. just kind of mimic that movement like i mean you're not trying to push the rope down with your hands you're trying to contract that tricep to get the rope to move I mean, that's where you're going to get your best contraction. Yeah, but um, going back off of what you were saying, um, that, that post that I shared on Instagram, like, you can't think – the quote was, like, you can't think outside of the box, and the box is um, strength and conditioning, like, principles, unless you've been in the box. And there's a picture of, like, the, the strength and conditioning, like, official book, the NSCA book. And it's, like, you cannot, um, like, venture out and have – new new ways of thought and learn about new ways of thought unless like you have the foundation down like there's no strength coach out there that is literally following that book to a t and not deviating like a percentage from that there's no strength coach out there that's doing that like there's strength coaches out there that deviate from that and like put in their own philosophies bring other coaches philosophies and use them like um but you can't get to that point if you don't have the foundations down. It's like basketball. It's like football. It's like any sport. Like the foundations, you got to be able to go cross from right hand to left hand right in front of your body before you can do a little shimmy between the legs. Like the foundation is the cross right in front of your body. Super simple. The outside of the box, the creative way is like a little shimmy between the legs. Like you got you to gotta have the foundation down. Mm-hmm. So. Or I think it's um, sometimes you see the guys who don't have that foundation. They go right to what's popular that they're seeing on Instagram yeah. or what looks cool. And those guys, those guys don't last. No. Those are the guys that injure their athletes. They're the ones that you know are just overall not good strength coaches, and they don't last because next thing you know, all their athletes are injured for some stupid reason that happened inside of the weight room. And they like you can tell like if they're just getting this stuff off like Instagram and like mainstream media, like the famous aesthetic dudes that are posting this stuff, like they don't like, they're not obsessed with it. If they're not really reading the articles, if they're not finding um, like journal article reviews, if they're not doing that stuff, they don't really care. And like the, the work of being a strength coach uh, will burn them out. And they'll be like, I'm, I'm moving on to something different. I just like lifting for leisure and I like training my buddy at planet fitness. Like mm-hmm. they'll filter out. Yeah. So you talked a lot about, um, kind of looking at journal article reviews and listening to podcasts and stuff like trying to get yourself going and we we always talk about like always ask why and always go outside of just what you're being taught so as like i don't know as a student what like 
podcast were you listening to? Like, obviously, like, you can't just say, like, what resources, because you don't remember every journal article yeah. you ever read. But, like, what is, like, if you were to say, like, uh, I don't, even if you don't have a top three, just, like, go, like, top podcasts that you listened to that kind of gave you a better understanding of what you're doing now or gave you an opportunity mm-hmm. to, like, mentally apply what you're learning in the classroom. So I'll, I'll give three, uh, three names, podcasts, whatever, that set me up. Um, so, like, in January when I started with Liberty, I wasn't just the dunce and I didn't know what I was doing because the last year I'm going to contribute my growth to the coaches that I spent time around a hundred percent. Like that's, that was that being around people that understand what they're doing is way more impactful than, um, this might sound bad, but like reading or listening, like I learned a lot from, I learned a lot from coaches this summer and this, this fall and the spring that I just wouldn't be able to get from a book. But with that being said, uh, Three dudes that I I were like listened, read everything they put was number one, um, a guy named PJF Performance, Paul Favorites. He's like a basketball skills trainer, um, big vertical jump guy. And honestly, I forgot to mention that earlier, but that's the whole reason I'm like obsessed with this stuff. All I wanted to do when I was young was dunk. I'm five nine, wingspan of like I don't even know. It's small. It's I my reach is like seven two, so awful. Um, all I want to do is dunk, still can't dunk. I don't even know if I can touch rim if I'm going to be quite honest with you, but, uh, like he was a vertical jump guy. So I was just big into his stuff. And he's like, he's not like, um, the type of guy, like we're just going to do plow metrics to fatigue. Now he's like scientific based. Like he's a smart dude. And like, you can tell the way, uh, he like talks, he like the way he presents his information. Like he did his due diligence before he just started talking to people and started podcasting. Like he did his due diligence. So he was number one. He really got me like obsessed with strength and conditioning when I started listening to his pod like three, four years ago. Uh, number two is a guy named Max Schmarzo. Um, another, another like basketball junkie that, that like just likes kind of obsessive about his vertical. Um, I just like learning from him because he's like, I think he did some teaching. Um, he's like only like 29 or 30, but I'm pretty sure he did some education. Like he, he taught like master's classes um, for a while. So like he uh, he wasn't, he's not the type of dude that's just like, all right, uh, I'm going to post this TikTok vid and it's going to, this TikTok vid is going to get your vert nice. Like he's not that type of dude. He's like, he has like force plates in his basement using velocity trackers. Like he's putting all these da- this data and numbers out there and like, I like that because it makes you think more and it, it challenges, he like challenges your way of thought. Like, is, is this vertical, uh, this uh trap bar jump really helping you jump higher? And he'll like, post like, post like stats about it, yada, yada, yada. And, um, another one that I really like listen to all his podcasts. I, um, I'm going to read a lot of his postings on like simply faster was a guy named Jake Tura. Um, I, he, uh, he's the type of dude that like when it comes down to, it, he's like, look, strength and conditioning coaches like we matter a very small amount like the players still got to go out, go out there and compete there's so many variables like a dude may miss a three-pointer at the end of the game and wow your strength and conditioning program sucks because you just lost or he could have made that shot and your team wins and now your strength and conditioning program is awesome and you're a smart dude because you guys just won the conference championship instead of losing the conference championship so like he is very uh i think I think the right word will be agnostic towards it, um, which I like because it's like it challenges the way I think. Like, am I really like am I really adding fluff um, 
Like, is everything I'm doing fluff? Like, I just want the mean, but like the things that actually will impact an athlete. If it's if it's fluff, I don't want to waste their time. If it's fluff, I'm going to cut out the fluff. I'm like, go get some shots up. Uh, go work on your tennis stroke. Like, do things that are skill, like skill based. Like, I don't I don't want to keep you in the weight room doing re- like redundant things that aren't even going to work. They're just fluff work. Go actually work on your sport. So mm-hmm. he he's he's like big on that. So I like I like that a lot. And and that's cool that you like go out and branch out of these podcasts that have like a very specific focus to what you want to do. I mean, that's the thing. Like you got to listen to people that do what you want to do. And I feel like that helps a lot with like kind of determining like the direction you're going to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause there's a lot of people like when you talk about like training and lifting, a lot of people like go and like be a personal trainer and being a personal trainer is cool, but being a strength coach is also cool. And I feel like a lot of people don't think of like the strength coach and personal trainer, like, I don't know. They they're very they're very different. I feel like a lot of people kind of put them into the same category. I mean, there's going to be a, a big difference between working one on one and then working with a group of athletes. I mean, especially in terms of programming and like, because if I'm working with a personal trainer, I'm working. Well, if I'm going to be a personal trainer and I'm training somebody, I'm going to work basically for their specific skills mm-hmm. or, or their goals. So I'm going to train. I'm going to program this program to make them better at what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But like with strength and conditioning coach going into like a football team to so say you have, I mean, what, a 60-man roster? Is it the cap or something close to that? Oh, and that's like 120 athletes. Son <laughs> of a gun. Multiply that by two, I guess. 120 dudes is your cap and whatnot. So you got all these dudes that you got to program for. I mean, obviously when you break it down, like position players, you give them a little bit more like spe- specificity in terms of training. But like people don't understand like, the amount of weight that people have like in that strength and conditioning coach position, they kind of just like combine them together. When you got, you got 120 dudes that you got to work for. I mean, that's gotta be, I mean, that's gotta be tough to program for. Yeah. Like, uh, that responsibility, I haven't been there. Um, I will be there someday, but like, it's kind of like a daunting thing to think about. Like, like, yo, like 120 athletes are, um, I'm responsible for 120 athletes. Like I, I personally wasn't, but like, that's just a daunting task and like strength coaches got to deal with that. Like, I guess personal trainers, like, you know, I'm got to deal with this at or this, this person right now I'm in charge of this person. Um, it's a lot easier to, uh, to a certain point because you like, your eyes are on them the whole time. Like as a personal trainer, strength coach, it's tough because you're like, Oh, I haven't seen, I guess I've, I've lost track of what Johnny's been doing for the past few weeks. Like he's just kind of flown under the radar. So like, Oh, what has he been doing? Is he, is he, it's it's just tougher. It's more difficult. Is that something where like keeping that data or tracking his progress kind of helps? So I mean, you might not be able to keep your eyes on him during the training session, but then you can go through his file or like what he puts in on the iPad at the the racks or whatever. Oh, like, okay, yeah, that's something. I see he's moving with the correct velocity range. Maybe we can bump up some weight. Now I didn't I didn't do any of that stuff, but like uh, like yeah, I know I know like coaches will go back and like look at the numbers and like kind of jot them down on like pdfs and like or not pdfs but like spreadsheets and like all right last week was this this week is that um we should be gunning for this next week and like we'll make like sheets print out sheets for the athletes to look at so they don't have to think like what did i do last week no we got it right there for you so do you ever find like you look at those spreadsheets and give it to an athlete and they keep failing do you ever see like lying within putting in those numbers uh like they're not putting in like they're putting in the wrong things yeah like they know they need to go up and they probably aren't going up but they know they're pro- they might lose like playing time or they might lose some respect if they don't go up so they throw in the number that's different or whatever like jump up and wait like yeah when they're not it. supposed to uh 
usually um, players are pretty um, educated to the point where like they understand like look if it says this weight we're not going up 60 pounds mm-hmm. hey as a strength coach well, all right if you if you push yourself a little bit and like if you're feeling good today and like you want to you want to push it a little more but we're not we're not doing crazy jumps and like that's like coaching on the floor that's like important to like you're not just like the workout starts and you're just kind of chilling there watching everybody work no like you're walking around you got like a sheet here that says like he should be hitting this and he should be hitting this and this person should be hitting this so you're like checking like is that weight on the bar and you're kind of looking around and like players in my experience are pretty good about hey uh brady should i go should i go up 10 pounds or can i go up 25 like i'm feeling 25 I'd be like, nah, we're, we're staying with 10. Like, And it's nice with the VBT, velocity-based training. Like, You can kind of look like, uh, yeah, you were you were red on a few of those reps. So actually, we're going to stay here. It's like, yeah, maybe you could hit 25 pounds, but it's not going to be fast. It's, it's, it's going to be a grind. You're not hitting, you're not hitting uh, what we want to train. We're not, you're not hitting the speed we want. So we're just going to, we're going to stay where we are. We're going to actually drop a little bit. So yeah, that, that that's a nice thing having VBT though. Yeah, I think it's one of these things that, uh, when people think of a strength coach, they think of like a classic meathead who's on the sideline of a football game banging their head on a couple players' helmets <laughs> yeah. type of thing. And it's like, you know, like there's a lot of scientific evidence and data that goes into these things, especially at the top level. Like it's, it is, you have to be very meticulous with everything that you do and everything that you program type yeah. of thing. It's, it's something where it's like, you're kind of, you're proving that here on the podcast of where like it's very technical, very meticulous. You you go through every little detail to make sure that program is set like every single day. Yeah, uh, that's not the case whatsoever. All those, what you said was correct, but I'm saying like, yeah, you you see the you see the dude, big beard, tattoos. You're like, oh, that dude knows how to curl. He knows how to the tricep extend. He, he knows like he's basically Ronnie Coleman. Like he doesn't know what he's talking about to develop these athletes. No, like he he might look the the look the part like that, but trust me, he that person probably knows how to develop some freakish athletes, or at least put them in a position to develop as a freakish athlete. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that can be a common misconception, I guess. So, just because <laughs> just because you're you're um this is kind of going off topic, but I'm thinking of like Instagram and TikTok here. Just because like the, you're jacked and you're you're ripped and you're five percent body fat doesn't mean that like you know exactly what you're talking about it's actually so. funny that you say that because i was listening to a podcast i can't even remember which one it was it wasn't one of my usual ones but they were talking about they were like yeah i had an opportunity to train with this bodybuilder i can't remember what the name was but he was like i was expecting to go in and like learn a lot and i was like this is sweet and then we start talking to it and i'm like asking him these questions and this guy's like ah man i i'll be honest i don't really know exactly <laughs> why i'm doing it i'm just told to do it and it gets me to where i need to be yeah, that's stuff to learn from that. Yeah, there's definitely a difference between doing something and coaching something. They're mm-hmm. two completely different things. Yeah. But the thing is, there's also like an aspect. Like for me, like I would only look at a doctor, follow a doctor. I mean, I follow obviously Jordan Shallow, but I also follow like Trevor Kim. Uh, he's a doctor out of Indianapolis, um, Indy Spine and Strength. And he competes at a super high level of Olympic weightlifting. I mean, went to U.S. Nationals and whatnot in Italy. Mm-hmm right before COVID. He actually got out two or three days. He was telling me two or three days before Italy got shut down because of COVID. Wow. I guess most people on the team got sick and had to quarantine there or something like that. I don't know if that's exactly the story, but it's pretty close to that. But you want to look at these doctors that actually like use their body and and move. Because the thing is you want to, 
I mean, you, you want to look up to somebody. I, I guess I don't, I, I'm not saying it correctly. Like you want somebody that is going to like teach you how to do something that they know how to do it themselves as well. Yeah. Like obviously you can look the part and not know what you're talking about, but you know what you're talking about and not look the part. But if you can like combine both of them, like that's when you get like a good professional. And that's why I feel like everyone should strive to be like, you're not going to go in and be a football strength and conditioning coach with a beer gut and you're carrying around an extra 50 pounds on your front back pain. Mm-hmm. You can't even get out of your chair. Like, I mean, you want to, you, I mean, you want to have big arms. You want to look lean and trim. You want to be able to do everything that these guys are doing. Maybe not to the I mean, extent that they're doing. Obviously they're D1 freak athletes, but you're going to walk the walk. You know, mm-hmm. or walk the whatever the same. What is it? Walk the talk. Walk the walk. Walk the walk and talk the talk. Yeah. You want to do that. You, you want to do both of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're committed, you're gonna put in that work. Like, I can't. If you're gonna be okay, if you're committed and you want to actually be the best you can be, you're not gonna even give yourself a chance to be that 50 pounds overweight back pain type of no, deal. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting that we're talking about that now. But like, um, you know, there are people out there that are like they don't walk the walk and they don't talk the talk. But like. I think part of like, which isn't like the greatest thing in the world, but part of the respect, like you can kind of tell you get from players is like, is if like you do that, like, oh, like this sounds dorky, but I get, I'll get like compliments from some of the dudes like, yo, like you're kind of like, I want to get jacked like you. I'm like, hey, like you're, I want to get freaky, freaky athletic like you, man. Like you got a 40 inch vert and he's like, no, I want arms like you. I'm like, all right, well, if you want arms like me, I just, uh, Anyways, that that like the walk in the walk and talking the talk, like even though it sounds dorky, they it earns respect to players because they're like, I want to be like you, so therefore I'm gonna listen to what you want to what you say. Yeah, I uh, follow this strength coach out of Duke, Drew McDuffie, and he always talks about like you have to like he whenever he programs things, like he does it first or he like does does the movement first, kind of to see the yeah. stimulus that they're gonna feel, and it's like something that's super important not only for like personal training or strength and conditioning is it's like you have to. I feel like personally, you have to put in those workouts, do them yourself, see what the stimulus is like, see how you feel because you can't effectively coach it if you don't know what it feels like. Be a guinea pig, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's a, I mean that's that's how I am. I mean, I I'll fall pro like I'm not I'm not program hopping, but like after eight weeks, I'll try I'll try something else. Like for me, I, I like being athletic, lower body, like aesthetic, upper body. That's like my thing. Um, even though that's not exactly how I'd program for an athlete, but that's my thing. And I'll throw in some things here and there that like, I'm like, Oh, what I would probably do this with a baseball player. So I'll try it out and see how it feels on me. Um, if it's weird for me, who is a very experienced lifter, I know that baseball player who's pretty new to lifting will not like see any benefit from that. So that's how I like doing that kind of thing. Like when we were working out beforehand, like that power contrast series, Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I saw a video actually by Max Marzo posted it and I did it one time and like, I'm like, all right, that, that, I like that. enjoyed it. So I'm like, oh, I'll throw that in with you guys and see like how it feels. Because when I did it, I'm like the workout after I felt like I was like pretty like heightened, like state, like I was ready to roll mm-hmm. instead of like doing some toe touches and doing some 90, 90 and like. You're still kind of sluggish jumping into the trap bars, the trap bar duds. Yeah, that's something Zach and I were talking about. It was like not, neither of us have trained like that in a long time. We were both like, man, I kind of wanted to puke after that. It was kind of <laughs> funny. Like after the warm-up, I was like, wait, we, we have a workout after this? 
Yeah, but, like we're doing these jumps, and I'm like, ah, son of a gun, I got more. <laughs> that that might be that might be on me. I didn't want you guys to be freaking gas, but yeah, that might be on me. I well, like, I mean, when I deadlift once and then take like a four minute break, and I'm like, jeez, oh, man, that's a tough workout, son of a gun. Yeah. Like when we do like some circuit work, I'm gonna be on the ground. I mean, yeah. that's tough. I loved it. It kind of brought me back to my track days. I was like, sweet. It was it yeah. was kind of cool to like kind of train like an athlete again. Yeah. Obviously, it'd be nice to do that. I just like. I'm not doing any athletic competitions, and I'm so, like, competition-driven. I need to beat somebody other than just myself. That's why bodybuilding isn't my thing. I can't, like, go up against myself all the time. Yeah. Obviously, powerlifting is, like, to to a point, it's kind of like that. Any sort of lifting is. But, like, if I, I always want to be in a position where, like, I'm going to comp- compete against other people. Yeah, it's your numbers versus his numbers. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that completely. Yeah, for me, it's, like, uh, I'm not, like, really competing against anybody. Um more so competing against myself. And honestly, I made this joke to like so many people. Um, like maybe the day I dunk a basketball is the day I quit being a strength coach. Like maybe I might just give it up. I don't know. Like, you reached your goal. You're like, like oh, I peaked. I'm like, done. I'm done. I'm done. Like it's over with. Uh, but challenge. the good thing is I don't think it's coming. So uh, you're like, Hey, I just slammed the basketball. Let's see like how good we can get at this. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how I feel like that's how it like will be like, cause everyone always talks about, I remember my goal was like, you know, once I start start kind of like making large shirts tight, then I'm gonna I'm gonna be content with it. Where yeah, I'm at. And I'm oh, like, it's, it's make never, my large tight. I'm like, huh, let's get the XL. The extra large is looking pretty nice over there. Let's, let's, let's baggy go for me. that. We're just gonna walk in one day to the gym and Brady's doing windmill dunks. Yeah, yeah. And I be like, oh, look, he's 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 there. Maybe next time he's gonna Vince Carter put his arm in the rim. We're gonna see. We're gonna <laughs> that, see where he goes. In the XL tank, man. Yeah, that's the that's yes. the goal. Yes. Oh man, I love it. Let's talk a little bit more, just like about. What are your next steps? I mean, you got, obviously, you're 20, what'd you say, 23, 24? Yeah, 23. 23. I mean, you got your whole life ahead of you, and obviously, um, you got a lot, of, a lot of ground to cover until you become, like, one of these top strength coaches, but uh, where, are you, where are you looking at? Like, what are you, what are you looking forward to? Um, what's your end goal? And obviously, your end goal is probably going to change as you reach that end goal, and things are obviously going to get better, like we just talked about, but, like, where do you see yourself 10, 15 years? So, uh yeah, end goal, it's a moving target. Like, it's definitely going to change. Like, maybe I might, um, like, a year ago, for instance, I would say I want to be a collegiate strength conditioning coach for the rest of my life. But, I mean, after a year, it's like, hey, maybe when I get older and have wife and kids, maybe I might want to be in the, like, move towards the private area so I can spend more time at home. Like, that might be a move in the future. Um, that that would be a cool move. But um, after spending a year with football, I, I kind of want to jump into Olympic sports and see what that's like. Olympic sports is basically working with any other sport that is not football um, at the college level, if that makes sense. Uh, but wanna, I don't want to test myself working with a variety of athletes instead of just football players um, because long-term, I would love to work with basketball athletes. Like I would love to just strictly be a basketball strength coach for some sort of um, collegiate program like because basketball was my first love um, obsessed with it my lack of athleticism on the court drove my obsession in strength and conditioning um, and I just kind of like it'd be full circle and I can talk that um, I love the sport I like watching it so I don't know I mean mm-hmm. 10 years from now I would, I would, 
I would like to see myself as a basketball collegiate strength coach. Do you follow Alan Bishop on Instagram? Oh, yeah, I definitely. Okay, I was going to say, yeah, if, yeah, you, if you don't, you probably should. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely do. And to listeners, if you don't follow Alan Bishop, a, you probably should. He's pretty sweet. Yeah, he's, he's neat. He's a good guy. He posts some stuff. I'm like, oh, man, definitely did not think about that. Um, and, like, yeah, I, he, he posts some great stuff. He posted something, this is off topic, about, like, magnesium the other day. I don't know if you saw that. It was, like, 10 gram, milligrams of magnesium per uh shoot per kilogram of body weight like it boosts like your your free testosterone by like really 15 percent is it was like a post or like a story post uh he made a post and like he's like it's important to have uh magnesium in your life and then he like posted the article like the research article really Um, you will it's on twitter i saw i saw it this morning i'm like ah that's that's interesting i it might not have been free test i can't remember exactly but um, yeah, he made a post, and I was like, ah, he, he puts, yeah, he put some good quality content out. Yeah, for but, real. Oh, yeah. here it is. Uh, what is it? How to naturally increase testosterone by 24%. Effects of magnesium supplements on testosterone levels of athletes and sedentary subjects at rest after exhaustion. Four weeks, 10 milligrams of magnesium per kilogram of body weight resulted in free testosterone increase of 15% in the sedentary group and 24% in the active group. And he gave uh, a PDF on it, and then he put another research article out. So if you're interested in that, Coach Alan Bishop on Twitter uh, posted that December 6th. You can find it pretty quickly. I yeah. did. We can put that in the show notes too. Yeah, no, that's pretty sweet. I, I never would even thought about that. We use a we at the chiropractic office. We use magnesium a lot for like cramps and like restless mm-hmm. leg syndrome and stuff like that. I mean, m- more like Gen Pop issues. Mm-hmm. Not to increase free testosterone, which that's pretty sweet. Maybe I should start doing that. Maybe go. Vic could. Maybe shout Vic out could. to the, the past podcast. Oh, Victor, good <laughs> lord! Taking it in a uh, testosterone shot, he's just going to be banging some in, uh, magnesium. Yeah, yeah Victor's going to OD on insulin. <laughs> I mean, on a magnesium. <laughs> he's going to have a. He's going to go to Dollar General and just buy the whole entire rack. <laughs> first, first was caffeine. Now it's magnesium. Yeah, but we love you, Victor. We love you, Victor. We're not just trying to crap on you. We apologize. He's going to be listening to this on a way to New Orleans. Victor, I was trolling you, man. I was definitely giving you crap. (laughs) We're going to be on the plane on the way to New Orleans, and he's going to stand up out of his seat and just come beat me up and (laughs) yell at me for making fun of him on the podcast. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Let's end it out with just uh, advice. So, like, coming, you already have your master's, you have your master's, you finish your classes, you have your CSCS. I mean, you're kind of at this professional level. Uh, You're no longer a pre-professional in, in that sense, other than the fact that like you don't have like that big strength and conditioning job you're going for yet, but advice for listeners trying to get to this um, high spot like you're trying to get to, if you were to think of maybe one, two, maybe even three things yeah. that you would say to do, would it be? I mean, like it could be go out and look at resources. We always talk about like always asking why. Like, what helped you? What do you wish you would have done? And what do you think you're gonna do to get you further? Uh, I'll start with, uh, what do I want to start with? I'll start with what I wish I would have done. Um, first and foremost, I know this sounds too, but I wish I would have got an undergrad degree in exercise science because that set me back a little bit. Um, I wish I would have done that. Um, a lot of you listeners probably already are doing so or already have done that. Uh, so that's one thing I wish I would have done. And I will add on to that real quick. Like, obviously like, yeah, I get your exercise science degree, like your BS and exercise science, but like, take it seriously. Like if you talk to a lot of people, a lot of people do not take their undergrad seriously. Mm-hmm. And I'll and I, 
I've fallen a victim to that. Like, I mean, I didn't take my first two years seriously at all. So that even set me back. So, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're just coming into it, take it so, so seriously. That's huge. I want to add something, too, is, uh, like, you didn't have your undergrad in exercise science, but yet you're still in a career that is exercise yeah. science-based. So someone who's listening to this podcast, like, they're not, and they think it's too late. It's not. Like, take Brady as an example. Now, he's had a bunch of internships. He's learned a lot, and he had his master's in exercise science. So it's not too late now if you're in your undergrad and studied business or something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would be number one. Uh, number two would be uh, lack of... Um, trying to make connections with people in the field so the last year yes i have not lacked that but the when i got interested in this like three years ago like definitely lack like my my i knew coach wadley who came to grace like two years ago um he was the strength coach for grace it still is but like that was like pretty much the extent of anybody in that field i knew anybody and i was like never like made a message like a dm never dm'd a coach never asked questions i was just like kind of kept to myself, um, didn't try to make a network for myself. I didn't try to uh, expand. I mean, the last year, yes, but previous, I just kind of ridden off as an excuse, like, oh, I'm at Grace, I'm in sport management. Like, now is not the time to make connections. Oh, yeah, it was. And um, I'm fortunate where I got, but, man, if I would have made connections now, it would have been, or back then, it would have probably uh, made things a lot easier for me in the long run. Mm-hmm. So that's that's number two on the things I wish I would have done. Um, so moving on to things I advise, uh, the first thing I would advise anybody to do is to just take opportunities that arise um, that fall in front of you. Like over a year ago, um, I was dead set on like working uh, with basketball. I wanted to work with Liberty's basketball strength coach. He's a great guy, um, which is dead set on that. But football wasn't on my radar. But um, – the football opportunity kind of came up like I wasn't really seeking it out it was more so hey uh we have this opportunity for you if you want it take it if you don't doesn't bother me and I'm like uh reluctantly I'm like I'll, I'll take it um and that was such a great decision um and from that from that on from that point on like any time there was an opportunity, like I said earlier, um, to do anything to kind of prove yourself, I jumped at it. Like, I'm like, I'm the first one. I want to do it. I want to do it. Let me let me run these dudes through a workout. Like, I jumped at any sort of opportunity that came my way. Um, and I still want to be like that. Uh, so that was – that's another um, – that's something I would tell people that, that you definitely should do is don't be hesitant. Don't be scared to jump at an opportunity. Like, do it. Like, it's put there for a reason. The opportunity is there for a reason. Jump at it. Um, I would also want to tell somebody to just be obsessed with this, like not like an unhealthy obsession, but you know, like if you want this to be your career, uh, know everything about it, know the ins and the outs, uh, instead of listening to music on the road, how about you listen to a podcast that's, that's helping you grow. Um, that's like the obsession part. Like that's how I, uh, found easy ways to sneak in uh growth i'm like i listen to podcasts here and there i would try to read articles in between um like commercials like just just dorky stupid things but like it adds up because i was just obsessed and i still am and if i wasn't like obsessed and i just thought this is a cool field um i wouldn't be where i am right now and i probably would have got burnt out through the internships and i wouldn't be on this pod with (laughs) y'all Um, so just 
be obsessed about it. And if you don't like, aren't that obsessed and it's just like something that you like doing, it's kind of fun. Uh, probably look for something else. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Try, try to look for a different field. Um, and the last thing I got, uh, I'm probably going to accidentally forget something, but, um, just be curious. Uh, yeah, just, just don't be content where you are. Just be curious. Like I'm, I'm curious. So for me, I just like reading. I like asking questions, even though like somebody might not answer. I'm just curious. I'm just going to ask anyways. Um, just because you do this certain thing when you work out, even though I'm definitely not going to do it. I'll ask. I'm curious. Why are you doing it? And it helps me learn. It helps me figure out why people are doing certain things, even though like, um, like for example, powerlifters, like I'm never going to powerlift in my life, but I'm curious, like, why are you doing it that way? Like, why, why are you programming this and that a certain way? Um, what do you feel from this? Like, I'm not going to do it, but I'm just curious. And that adds to my repertoire um, in case something comes up down the road where, like, I need to whip that out, that information, it's there. Mm. So uh, just be curious. Like, seek seek information. Don't let the information fall in your lap. Seek it. Go after it. Uh, because there's plenty of information out there. Sometimes you got to decipher right from wrong, uh, what's good, what's not good. But regardless, information, seek it. Yeah. So that's it. For me. I want to piggyback onto the whole excitement thing. Like, be so excited about what you're doing. I mean, because if you lose that, you lose your passion. Passion's gonna be like your driving force. On, I mean, anything successful. Like, if you're not passionate about something, odds are you're probably not gonna be successful about it. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'm gonna take weight training and whatnot and coaching and learning to like. And I'm gonna bring an analogy of like Christmas. Like, whoever is upset about Christmas, like. Like, have you ever been upset about Christmas? Like, even yeah. if you didn't get everything you wanted, like, you're still excited about Christmas for the next year. Like, the worst day of the year is December 26th. Oh, 100%. I cry. I do. <laughs> Dude, I was like, 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 major depressive bad when I was a kid. Like, on December 26th, like, my parents were worried about me because I was so sad about it. You got to save some gifts for December 26th. Seriously, That's right? They're going to have to, like, oh, wait, look at this, Zach. We're going to pull this out. <laughs> and then I always got lectured, like, well, Zach, gifts aren't the reason for the season. Which is true. Your dad's being like, a pastor. That yeah, makes a lot of sense. Too. But yeah, being excited about it. Like, obviously, like, I mean, I have had my fair share of tests not go my way. I mean, I definitely had that today in physics. And I've had my fair share of programming, like, not go my way. But the thing is, like, I'm still excited. Like, if I'm going to start a new programming block, like, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday is so hard for me because I'm so excited. Like, Monday comes around. I'm so excited to jump back on that. Yeah. Or I'm so excited to get back to class. I'm so excited to learn. So, I mean, keep that excitement, and even when it, like, doesn't go your way, don't let that be, like, a deterrent in your excitement. Like, always, like, be so hungry for learning. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I would just, I mean, I would piggyback off of that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, that's all I have to say, Colton. Uh, I mean, I kind of want to talk about the CSCS real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, shoot, 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 yeah. Uh, Let's do that real quick. So, start, long story short, um, wait. That doesn't make sense. What? <laughs> so I got it. I took it Tuesday. Um, it was kind of tough. It was like five hours. Um, studied for the past month and a half, pretty casually. Like during my downtime and my internship, I was uh, I I got like a study guide. I read the book like a year ago. So like I didn't read it like recently. I read the book like a year ago, and um, then like the past like month and a half, I was 
uh, going through the study guide, a study guide I had, like I was taking down notes from the study study guide because the study guide takes the book and it just condenses it and makes like the most important information, it saves you time. Is that the one from Trainer Academy? Yes. Yeah, I actually, bought that. Yeah. That's perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the perfect one. Um, so I just, I went through that, took the notes, um, put it in my notebook just because that's the easiest way for me to learn because if I just read through it like a book, I'd kind of forget it. Um, took notes and then the last week and a half, like literally like I was just, I was going through like the normal like chapter by chapter quizzes and then I would take like the the test over a few quizzes and then I would take like the exam that covered like each, like the, the science foundations and then like the practical application part. Like I would run through that, like cycle through it, cycle through it, cycle through it. And I mean, the tough thing for me during like that week and a half of like especially like the exams and the quizzes like i stopped reading um extra material like I, i'm reading through uh triphasic um by caldeets and like i just stopped because like i just kept like getting confused like i'd be like where did i what book did i read that from like what material am i learning this from because like sometimes like i'd like take that material from caldeets and i'd like apply it to like the quiz question i'm like i get it wrong so it's like dang like I just had to like solely focus in on this object, like this material by the book. I had to get it down. Um, and the quiz questions and the exam questions, just hammering those things out uh, were big. They gave me confidence going in mainly. Yeah. I uh, I graduate on Friday, so I need to start hammering out. Yeah. Trainer yeah. Yeah. Tra- Trainer, Academy, at, Trainer Academy is clutch though. Like it, it saved, it saved me big time, time and uh, wasted energy. Like I was halfway through that exam and I was sitting there, like, I I got done with the, the the practical application part. Like, they give you two hours. I still had, like, 50 minutes left on the exam. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, that was that section was pretty easy. But I'm like, if I didn't do, like, the practice exams and stuff like that, I probably would have failed. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's not like the informa- like my knowledge wasn't there. It was just I wasn't prepared for CSCS type questions because like never want like I, I don't know if this is legal or not but like one of the questions was like um what would you oh man it was like what kind of lifts would you do for a tennis player okay what kind of lifts would you do for a tennis player and like I'm thinking squat like a like a lateral lunge and like one of the questions like a lateral lunge like a squat um like single arm bench press like shoulder press like foundational movements like you don't need extra fluff but like the correct answer i'm pretty sure was like all this like teeny tiny accessory movement stuff that like i never would program as like the the main movement like for the shoulder and everything yeah like it was like lat raises or yeah like lat raises like bent over raises um like windmill like dumbbell windmill like just just stuff that i i wouldn't more, more specialized it, for that specific. Yeah, and like if you were to talk to a strength coach, they would they wouldn't do that either. They would probably do like more of the foundational stuff. But because it's like the exam, like you have to be ready for like those those ones that in your mind you probably wouldn't do are probably the right answer. You have to answer it the way they want. Yes, to answer exactly. It, yeah. It's like I want to answer it this way because this is the way I would do it, and this is the way that I like like from a phil- phil- philosophical standpoint yeah. believe it's right, but. The exam says it isn't, so yeah. it isn't right. So <laughs> if that makes sense. Oh yeah, completely. 
And this brings up so many other things I want to talk about. Gosh dang it, but we're already at an hour and 20 minutes. I'm sorry for anybody that wants to listen to this. I just, <laughs> I babble on. No, I, we could probably go for three, four, or five hours. Maybe we'll have them on the pod again. When yeah, bring me sure. on. I'm, I, this is fun. I like talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. I love being able to talk with people that like actually like care about it. Yeah, that's so true. It's so true. Know what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I, this is side note, but Zag, do you remember like three years ago when we were on the track team together? Like, this is before like me and you knew anything. Like we were just like we could we like barely knew anything about strength and yeah. but like we would talk about things like yeah, I, I'm I'm doing um some banded some banded squats <laughs> to get my explosive boy? strength up. And it's like, all because we were told to do it. I'm or like, like what's going on here? And then Tommy would be like Tommy like was like the gatekeeper. He's like Brady, just, just keep your head down, yeah. head down, eyes up. And we're like okay, Thor. <laughs> yeah, Dad. no, no, Tommy's great. I learned yeah, a lot from Tommy. Tommy's but. a beast. Yeah, he's he'll be on the pod sometime soon. Oh, We've talked sure. about him before. Sheesh. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just there's so much more to talk about and so much more depth we can go into and specificity and whatnot. But I mean, other than that, for this personal like this podcast right now, that's all I have to say. Yeah, I got nothing else. So this one said the foundation. This one so said the, the next foundation. One, we'll, we'll, we'll go. Okay. Yeah, Ch- super chapter deep. One, chapter one of yeah. some. Well, Brady, we really appreciate you you being on this podcast. It's super awesome. Thanks for making the drive out here. Yeah, uh, we wish you the best in your endeavors with your strength and conditioning. You got a lot. You got a lot going for you. you got a good head on your shoulders. Obviously, I'm not the best judge of that because I don't know. <laughs> I'm not up here looking down, but for someone being down looking up, uh, I'm excited to see where you go. I appreciate it, man. Really do, really do. Yeah. Sure. Well, this is the Pre Professional Podcast. Thank you for listening.